Welcome to The Found Cause, where we found our cause in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I am Michael, the man behind the machine, and to my right, your left is... Sebastian, the bookkeeper. And way down in the other tiny corner, it's... Theodore, under the PC, the person of Christ. We are doing a virtual episode like this, and you can see our big, gigantic guru, sad guru himself, and all 420p out of focus, just like us. Um, some technical difficulties getting this one up, but this is a response video to Hindus. I want to give some background here. Um, we listen to a podcast called The Dividing Line, or at least me and Sebastian do, by James White, famous Christian theologian. And he responded for one of the first times I've ever seen to, to one of these um, Indian uh, philosophy videos where they give some philosophy. And some of them are more intelligent than others. He reacted to a particularly sad one. And it reminded us of our Dharma Speaks reaction videos, the couple that we did, and how sometimes Dharma Speaks is kind of more intelligent than some uh, Indian philosophers. And we wanted to give another round to Indian gurus. Now, if you've ever listened to us talk about Hinduism or you've seen our many, many, many commenters on Hinduism, you'll know that Hinduism as a religion is not very definable because every Hindu has a different take on Hinduism, pretty much. And then even then, Hinduism is kind of like Christianity in that there are many, many sects of Hinduism. Um, but they're even more extreme and weird than Christianity, um, i.e. they have totally different gods, um, they'll have different head gods, they have different ways to salvation, and none of the, the gurus or sects of Hinduism really agree with each other, but they agree to disagree for the most part. That, oh yeah, you think that's the way to God, I think this is the way to God, but like, you'll probably get there in the end, so will I. So sometimes they have violent disagreement, but usually they don't, um, especially when united against other religions like Christianity or Islam. That being said, just like in the U.S. or anywhere that people are, there are gurus, um, there are teachers. Uh, the Lord Jesus says, beware of calling anybody on earth your teacher or your rabbi because they will deceive you, essentially. That there's only one teacher, the Messiah, Jesus, and, and God is your father. So don't make a person your thing, your thing to follow with all your heart. The people are flawed. But... Because the natural inclination of man to sin and idolize things that are around and also make himself a god. Uh, there are many teachers in the United States. We know them as like gospel, false gospel, prosperity gospel preachers prosperity, yeah. who take take huge amounts of money for themselves and fly around on private jets and they themselves are the way, the truth, and the life. And you follow me and you'll have life. Uh, but it's much, much more pronounced in countries like India where um, they have no restrictions on idolatry or anything like that because they do it all the time. And so it's perfectly fine to idolize gurus. And so there are many teachers, traveling teachers, who make sometimes very little money and sometimes a lot of money, just like mega preachers in the United States. We're going to react to one of them. Uh, Sadguru is his name. And uh, that's unfortunate because in English, that's just he's a sad guru, but he <laughs> is indeed uh, like a multimillionaire kind of guy in India. And he's got a bunch of teachings, especially on YouTube. Um, keep in mind while we listen to him that there are three things we want to take away from this. Every system of belief is trying to convince you of something. And we on the Found Cause podcast are Christians. And we would advocate, and you can watch the rest of our episodes to see that Christianity is a logical religion. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. It has a purpose for it. And it has an origin, meaning that we didn't just think of it or... or discovered it on our yeah, own we experience exactly we didn't discover it via meditation it was handed down to us from people who saw these things happen and who were given these things directly by god uh, whereas a lot of other religions including said guru or others say that you come to truth you discover it via either drugs or meditation or direct divine experience um, once going back to christianity once again we say that we have a logical religion and we say that we have a non-deceived religion. That is to say, we don't deny always that there are other religions with true religious experiences, whether it's astral projection or prophecy or um, supernatural powers like strength or killing people from far away or, or a multitude of supernatural things that other religions can do. But we would say that just like Hindus believe there are many deceiving spirits, that there actually are many deceiving spirits, demons on the earth, and they are hell-bent on deceiving mankind into worshiping them or worshiping things that are not God and distracting mankind so that mankind will eventually not find God, will not repent, will not turn to the true God and be sent to hell because of God's justice. And we as Christians believe that that deceit is widespread 
It's in the United States, it's in Europe, it's in Africa, and it's definitely in India. And we are trying to save our Indian fellows um, from these kind of deceivers like Sadhguru, because Sadhguru is not only a deceiver, but he's also been deceived by either supernatural forces or his own sin. And so we don't deny that there are supernatural forces, but just because you experience something does not mean that it's true. It could be a deception from a powerful spirit. So you need to test your belief against what is true. And again, we would advocate the Bible, God's word is what's true. So all that being said, let's hear Sadhguru and respond to him as he goes. Yogi, mystic, visionary. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's, what's really the purpose of life? If you can give an insight on that. Thank you. Notice he's in Houston, he's in the USA, so not wow. only he speaks English, so I guess it makes sense, but not just in India, the USA has the same problem. And the question was, what is the purpose of life? So big question, what would you guys say the purpose of life is in Christianity? You've got to be able to have someone on your hands. Sorry, what was that? What's the purpose of life? You got uh, Ecclesiastes, don't you? Right. Um believe in Jesus and well I go back to there's a verse in John like somebody asked what is the work of God that we may do the work of God mm -hmm. which is the purpose of life and Jesus responds the work of God is to believe on the one whom he has sent so basically believe in Jesus and then obviously other scripture is being saved unto good works right so believing in Jesus and then um walking in the works that God has prepared beforehand. Yeah, and a typical way um, Christian teachers, catechisms, teachings um, say this is that the purpose of man is to enjoy God and serve him forever. So that's a, a typical one. So enjoying God is just believing in God clearly and worshiping him and enjoying him, but then also serving him with works. So that's a pretty typical Christian response. Let's see how said guru responds. I want to say, oh, right. notice that God from a Christian perspective, is superior, infinitely superior to the human. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he's the one who sets the standard for what is good and what is properly enjoyable. And we follow that standard, not because um, we feel like doing it or doing this or that or how we have discovered this is the right way, but because he has mentioned what that standard is. Right, and there's a proper hierarchy. There's not fluid hierarchies where people become greater or lesser. God is always the best, and humans are always at lesser than him. Isn't it fantastic that if there's no purpose, you have nothing to fulfill, you can just live? So wouldn't it be fantastic if there was no purpose to life? No, that would make life useless, but whatever. <laughs> no, but you want a purpose, and not a simple purpose. You want a God-given purpose. It's very dangerous. People who think they have a God-given purpose are doing the cruelest things on the planet. Now, so he says, people who think they have a God-given purpose are doing the cruelest things on the planet. We don't deny that there are those who are deceived and they do cruel things thinking they're doing it in the name of God. Hindus, Muslims, Christians, you Buddhists too. Buddhists, I mean, any, any system of mankind is evil because of the effects of sin, as Christianity explains and Hinduism does not. Um, however, even atheists who believe in no God-given purpose have their own mankind-created purposes and do evil. So it's not a uniquely God-driven purpose. It's also just atheists do evil all the time, like um, China and uh, Stalinist Russia. Yes or no? They are doing the most horrible things and they've always been doing the most horrible things. Because when you have a God-given purpose, life here becomes less important than your purpose. No, life is important. Life is important. When I say life, I am not talking about your family, your work, what you do, what you do not do, your party. I am not talking about that as life. This is life, isn't it? Life is within you or around you. The… the ambience of life, you are mistaking the ambience of life for life. I'd like to point out some tactics of gurus like this, these teachers supposedly, they'll take a question they really don't know how to answer and they will equivocate on things that aren't directly related to the answer and take a real teacher like Jesus, the Lord himself, the, the real living God, he responds often with confusing parables. Somebody will ask, um, 
what's the greatest commandment? And then Jesus will give a story, but it directly explains what the greatest commandment is. And he clearly gives it to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and then love your neighbors yourself. Secondly, um, he doesn't hide the the truth in in rambling. He gives a direct story. Said guru, and he's not unique in this, many other gurus will talk in circles. They'll say, well, first of all, you misunderstand what life is because life is not just what you think it is. It's not exactly what you think it is. And you can see they just keep repeating the same thing because they're buying time to come up with something profound to say. And he tells you what it's not, but you'll find out he doesn't really tell you what it is. Right. So rather what we're not doing is we're not calling for a personal attack on this man. Rather, we're saying observe the tactics and the speech style that he uses in order to um, either avoid answering a question or try to answer it in a way that's favorable for him. So rather than focusing on the charm or how it makes you feel, rather observe, is he really answering the question and is he answering it in a consistent and logical way? Right. Your home, your family, your workspace, your party, this is all ambience of life. This is not life, isn't it? Again, he just said that, he's being circular. Yes or no? You're mistaking the ambience for the real thing. No. Life is important because it's the only thing you know. You don't know anything else. Do you know something else? Rest is all imagined stuff, isn't it? The only thing is that this is beating and alive and that's all there is. So is this important? It is of paramount importance. Not you as a person, that's not important. But you as a piece of life, it's very important because that is the basis of everything. When I say that is the basis of everything, the universe exists for you only because you are, isn't it? I mean, I understand English is not his first language either, so cut him some slack, but um, he said that the, pur the purpose of life, that was the question, what is the purpose of life? And he says, wouldn't it be great if there wasn't a purpose of, to life? But there, you, you want a purpose to life. Now, sometimes when people want a purpose to life, they're evil. Also, you don't know what life is. Um, you don't know what life is. You don't know what life is. And then he says, life is not about you as a person. It's about just being alive. So he's defined literally nothing to this point. It's not logical. And this, again, is how false teaching is made. So we, we assert, like I said in the beginning of the episode, we assert that there are true supernatural things that happen that you can experience and people are genuinely deceived by evil spirits into believing wrong things. These spirits that are trying to take you away from God and deceive you into thinking there's other true gods and that you can worship other things. You can worship Shiva. You can worship Krishna. You can worship these false gods, but they're not the true God. It doesn't mean that they're not real things. They're just evil things that want to deceive you. Uh, but this man sounds a lot like he's just a human deceiver. He's not using a lot of supernatural power here. Yes, and please be mindful to any Hindu that might be listening. On the note of Shiva, Shiva is a protector of people against demons because these demons can deceive humans. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, why, why would you be praying to Shiva in order to get that protection? So what we're asserting is, and what I hope everyone can see and have in common for the sake of this conversation, there are deceiving spirits out there and any person is susceptible to that. The question is, how can you logically analyze that? And is there a cohesive um, worldview holding the system together? We're trying to dissect that with this. Right. And, and so far we've gotten nothing. So far. I mean, yes. we've gotten, he said that that it's not important what you, first of all, the purpose of life clearly isn't that important. Second of all, it's not actually about your particular life. It's about what's the purpose of life existing as a whole is what I've gathered so far. Yes, you can see the Hindu tone behind it, that you yourself has a personal identity. It's also part of Buddhist too. It's not that important because eventually you want to cease to exist and become one with the universe, with Brahma. So, I mean, there, there is some answer there, but uh, not very direct. In my well, opinion. and also what a, a, you know, hard to say, but what a terrible purpose that you actually don't have any purpose. You just are a part of this big machine. And so it, truthfully, logically, you actually do have a purpose. Like you just said, Sebastian, it's to escape the karmic cycle and to become one with Brahma. That is your, you personally, your purpose. Um, that That's what logically he would say. So he's not answering logically or according to his own systems. He's answering in a way that confuses you, hoping that if you're confused, you will think he's said something 
unique and wise and you don't understand it because you're not enlightened enough yet but of course um, he's breaking his own logic because logically you can only affect what you can do and therefore you have a purpose so so he should be able to give you a purpose but he doesn't he's just going to try to say i suppose that um life itself has a purpose but you don't yes or no the world exists for you only because you are otherwise it won't exist in your experience so the world exists for you only because you are otherwise you wouldn't exist because you only know what you experience once again i guess it's a bunch of circular reasoning he's saying you are only alive because you're alive <laughs> yep that's the definition of being alive it's true in every way this is important so what is the purpose for this see if you had a purpose and if you fulfilled it after that what would you do once again avoiding the question saying what are you going to do with this purpose that i give you this really really good purpose i've got cooking up in the back right now yes it sounds like it's my impression he's buying for time yeah again there are those there's there's we we both looked at not this video but different videos where Sadhguru has these huge seminars in um, soccer stadiums or cricket stadiums where he's got a gigantic statue of either his yogi or Shiva or somebody behind him. Mm -hmm. um, and there's people um, doing mantras with them and sneezing together and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so he clearly has a lot of reach and these people might be experiencing some sort of spiritual feeling. Um, but we would say it could be physiological that they're just working themselves into it and he just seems like a human deceiver or he they could be channeling real demonic activity um, but it's evil like flee from that demonic activity the bible says do not go to divination it doesn't say divination is not real being able to divine the future or talk with demons or whatever else it says flee from it because they will deceive you you are not more powerful than demons so we would again say be wary of real power that comes from not god or things that you think are god but they are actually demons because they are actually demons and they're trying to deceive you and hurt you and hurt those around you um, this man doesn't seem particularly filled with demonic power he seems kind of dumb but we'll let him continue after that what would you do bored isn't it it is just that life is so intricate and so phenomenally intricate that if you spend a ten thousand years looking at it carefully, you still will not know it entirely. If you spend a million years looking at it with absolute focus, still you will not know it in its entirety. Oh my gosh, okay, now it's just a class in like, like stalling because he's said, uh, it'd be great if you didn't have a purpose. I'm just gonna recap. It'd be great if you didn't have a purpose, but you want a purpose. Purposes sometimes are used for evil. Um, your life really doesn't matter. Um, but it's of utmost importance and if I give you a purpose you're going to use it for something bad so is he not going to answer? I don't know that's how it is there is, is there a meaning to it? the greatest thing about life is that there is no meaning to it gosh, okay <laughs> so <laughs> There's no meaning to life, but it is the most important thing. And you could look at life forever and still not be able to fully understand it, but there's no meaning to it. Okay. I hope you see, right? Life can not be important and have no meaning. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is the greatest aspect of life, that it has no meaning to it and there is no need for it to have a meaning. I've got a feeling in the three minutes and 39 seconds that he was cooking it up that he didn't know the answer until he got there. He's like, wouldn't it be great if life didn't have a meaning is what he started this with. And now he's saying it doesn't have a meaning. He could have just immediately said that right off the bat. It's the pettiness of one's mind that it is seek a meaning because psychologically you will feel kind of unconnected with life if you don't have a purpose and a meaning. People are constantly trying to create these false purposes. We don't deny that people try to make false purposes. And you'll notice this is another tactic of false teachers and demons alike. And that is to say, they take truths and then apply them where they shouldn't. So they'll say things like, you know how when you're eating spaghetti and you need a fork, 
because the noodles will fall off your spoon and you need to twist up the the spaghetti noodles and you're like yeah yeah we've all experienced that that's true that's mm-hmm. true and then they say well that's just how um you need to eat my special kind of breakfast cereal because all your insides are all twisted up and you need to twist them more up so that you can eat them and you're like okay you lost me because you had a true analogy and now you've gone into nonsense and you're trying to sell me some cereal and i don't know what's going on um, so that's what he's doing here is he's going to use a small analogy that we all agree with the people yes People do create false purposes in life. They'll decide, I want to conquer Europe, and they can't, or I'm going to be the greatest painter, and they actually suck, or or it's just fruitless because being a painter doesn't really do much for you. Um, but that doesn't mean that there is no purpose to life. Just because people make false purposes doesn't mean that there's no purpose to life. And we just described what should be, in theory, the Hindu's purpose, and that is to escape the karmic cycle and to ascend into happiness. Um, so there is a purpose. So there is a purpose. But you see the incongruence here that this supposedly enlightened teacher has not given the answer yet, even though that's probably what I would, if I was a guru, that's what I would start with. <laughs> I want to get my people to like, come on, let's escape this so you're no longer trapped in this cycle. But what do I know? I'm not a guru. Now, they were quite fine and happy. Suddenly they got married. Now the purpose is the other person. Then they have children. Now they become miserable with each other. Now the whole purpose that I go through all this misery is because of the children. Like this it goes on. These are things that you are causing and holding these as purposes of life. And is there a God-given purpose? What if God does not know you exist? Ah, the sleeping God, Brahm, I see. I mean, he asks it as a question, which is a tactic of Jesus and others too, so it's not that surprising. But I when Jesus uses that kind of question, he's actually not asking the question. He's using it as a rhetorical device. He's saying the thing he's questioning about. So when he says, um, like, for example, my name, Mikael, means who is like God in Hebrew. Um, the, the answer is no one is like God, right? Who is like God? No one. It's not a real question. It's a statement. No one is like God. Um, so when he says, when he says, um, what if God doesn't know you exist? Let's hold him to that, meaning he is asserting that God does not know you exist, um, which is a really sad truth, if that's the truth. Um, but we would, again, say that it is deception from mankind and demons trying to trick you into thinking that. He's not enlightened, he's deceived. No, I'm just asking by chance. <laughs> not by chance. He's, he's asking by chance, i.e. he's saying he doesn't know, but he's clearly asserting it. I'm saying in this huge cosmos for which God is supposed to be the creator and the manager of this hundred billion galaxies, in that this tiny little planet and you, suppose he doesn't know that you exist, what to do? Possible or no? I'm sorry, I'm saying such sacrilegious things, but is it possible or no? What if he doesn't know that you exist? What if he doesn't have a plan for you? Suppose he doesn't have a plan for you, an individual plan for you. Don't look for such things. The thing is, the creation is made in such a way that creation and creator cannot be separated. Here you are a piece of creation. At the same time, the source of creation is throbbing within you. If you pay little attention to this process of life, you would not need any purpose. It will keep you engaged for a million years if you want. There is so much happening. So much means so much unbelievable things are happening right here. If you pay enough attention, a million years of existence, it'll keep you busy or more. Notice his competing answers because he's not only said that there's no meaning to life and that's bad to have meanings to life, but now he's describing what you do with your life, which is the meaning of life. So he's saying, God doesn't know you exist, that's likely at least that God doesn't know you exist, so you don't have a God-given purpose. Instead, your purpose is given by Sadhguru, I suppose, right? By wisdom from Sadhguru, which should be some outpouring of God, because God is the source of all wisdom, and that because you have a chunk of God in you, because you're really part of Brahman, um, you should be exploring God. So really, he's getting into the Christian truth, which is the purpose of man is to enjoy God, and then we would also say serve him forever. Um, now, will he get there? Maybe he'll just come to the same Christian conclusion in a very roundabout way and in a non-straightforward way. Um, but the soul rings out that we do have purposes. And we agree that we should enjoy 
God's life that he's given us. He's given us life for a reason. And one of those reasons is to, is to enjoy him and his creation. So like, got it. Yeah, we agree with that. But notice that it's against that. We say that is a purpose because it is a purpose. Logically, that is a purpose. It's what you do with your life, your purpose. And Sadhguru says, there is no purpose to life, but here's a purpose to life. So he's contradicting, he's evil, he's deceptive, he's buying time. This is this is a false religion. Do not follow Sadhguru. And if you have a guru in mind, so say you viewer at home, if you're from India, if you know a guru in your own life, test your guru to see if his teachings are consistent with his own teachings. And then check to see if they're consistent with logic. And then check to see if they're consistent with what's actually there, what's actually true. Because again, experience is not good enough to know if something is true. It is a lot like that old uh, parable story of the elephant. We have four blind men all touching an elephant and they've all got different parts of it. One's got the trunk and one's got the tail, one's got the legs and they're all describing different portions of this elephant. Mm -hmm. And they think they have a snake or a tree trunk or um, a tiny little gecko, but they're just... It's the tail of the elephant. Yeah, they're just touching different pieces of the elephant. So they are experiencing something real, but they are deceived into thinking they know the truth because they've experienced it when they really have experienced something else entirely. So in the same way, if you experience astral projection and some creature, some spirit being comes and says, I'm an alien from another planet, um, start having sex with animals if you want to live, right? That's the way to become enlightened. And that's not super abnormal. People on drugs and others, people that astral project do describe seeing creatures that say things like they're aliens or they're spirit beings and they guide them into doing things that they think are good. Um, but we would say that is actually a demon who's deceiving you to do something evil that God hates and having sex with animals will ruin your life and ruin society. And equally, a lot of the things they promote will ruin society and they want you to worship them or other things that aren't God because they're trying to deceive you so that you're damned to hell and they win and you lose. Um, so just because you experience it does not mean it's true. And if something is not logical, well, then it is definitely not true. There you go. Right now, the need for purpose has come because you're trapped in your psychological structure, not in your life process. Psychologically, your, your psychological structure functions from the limited data that it has gathered. Within that, it rolls and right now, your thought and emotion has become far more important than your life, isn't it so? Isn't it so? So because of this, you're seeking a purpose as an escape from the trap that you have set for yourself. All right, so if you noticed, he's saying that uh, now that you're stuck in a mental state and that you've created a trap for yourself because your brain, your psychological structure, as he says, wants a purpose, um, but your life process doesn't need a purpose. So uh, I guess what he's saying, and some people would say this too, that you can't understand God because he's so big and therefore your brain can't really understand life because it's separate. And so you have to ignore your brain and just like, feel life and the feeling of life is really where the god is not your brain because your brain i guess is separate from brahma but your life process isn't i mean where is he getting this knowledge from his original yogi from meditation i don't know but clearly it's not from some true source because it doesn't even make sense and again just to keep reiterating he initially said it was setting up like there was a purpose to life then he gets around to saying there's no purpose to life and then he says there is a purpose to life it's it's inward focusing and, and realizing what all life has to offer and observing it for millions of years. And now he's saying it's really a psychological trap to think that there's a purpose to life and you have to give that up. So he's vacillating back and forth and back and forth on what the truth is. So if we're going to take the claims of a guru or a yogi seriously, the teaching has to be consistent and within what, just seven minutes? Yes, <laughs> it's been a roller coaster of going back and forth right. between nothing and some purpose and no purpose. So something we need to be asking is, how did he obtain this knowledge? Did Krishna, Vishnu, Shiva, Brahma, who revealed this to him? How did he obtain this? Right. And if, if you cannot, as a Hindu person, say, yes, I heard this from the mouth of Brahma or, or Vishnu or Krishna himself or herself, then how can you rely on yourself? Again, this man who's supposedly enlightened has made so many mistakes going back and forth in, what, seven minutes. You, how can you take something like this so seriously? How can you take this seriously? Mm -hmm.
And many Hindus will say, who are you to judge this man? Like, how are you to say that his things are false? And we would say that, one, false teaching is very dangerous. It kills people. People, like like Sadhguru even said, people that think they have a God-given purpose um, do many evil things in life. And we believe that even a life that doesn't affect others but doesn't end up with God is an evil life because you've just wasted a life God has given you and you don't end up with them. You're instead sent to hell. So you need to know the true God. That's why we do videos like this. It's not to hurt Hindus, it's not even just to hurt this guy's career as a person, it's to prevent him from hurting people by deceiving them and to rescue um, any group of people, Hindus or Muslims or even fake Christians who don't know the truth, to turn to Jesus Christ and to be saved. Because the real way, the real purpose of life is not just to enjoy God and serve him forever, but um, the way you enjoy God is being sanctified by God because all men have sinned against God. We've, we've wronged God. We've disobeyed God. And we need to come back to God. And the only way to come back to God is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because if you do that, Jesus Christ covers your sin by his blood. He pays the price that you owe to God. And you therefore don't have to go to hell anymore. You can be um, brought up to heaven with God. So that is the, the call for all Christians to follow, and that's the call for everyone in the world to follow, and those who do not do that will suffer. That's why we do these kind of things, is to draw you out of darkness and into light. This man is truly a sad guru, no purpose to life, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't follow up men like him or any other. Test, test every belief. And um, I say all that to say, Christians get their source of truth from God's word, from the Bible. We don't meditate to get it. We don't... Um, your voices to get our truth. Uh, those things can happen, right? Like like some of the writers of the Bible received prophecy, uh, but we would point back to those particular events as being special, unique, and the actual voice of God all written down in scripture, not moving, changing, not consistent. Something very important and critical there. If you look at the Bible seriously and look at the claims from Old Testament to New Testament, even though there were different people that received a voice from God it is not like with within this just seven minutes different answers here and there that make no sense if you try to look at it together it actually is the same message of right. sacrifice and redemption that God would bring in Christ and the glorification of his uh, his children in the afterlife so it's been the same message consistently from beginning to end unlike this poor man right here <laughs> yes it is a trap set by you. You can easily come out of it. If the trap was set for you by somebody else, difficult to come out because they'll set the trap in such a way that you cannot come out, isn't it? So he's saying the psychological trap was set by you and therefore it's easy to come out of. But it's very hard to focus on life because if you focus on life, you could spend uh, hundreds of years, millions of years examining life. So it's both easy and hard to focus on the real meaning of life, which is to focus on life but you set the trap for yourself of wanting a purpose. It's bad to want a purpose. You don't have a purpose. Yeah. Not logical. I'm, I'm talking about life, not marriage. That's what I'm... <laughs> That's what. <laughs> so this is a trap set by you. This is easy to come out, but that is a whole thing. Why it is so difficult is now you're identified with the trap. You like it. You like it because it gives you a certain sense of uh, safety and security and protection and individual identity. If you build a cocoon around yourself, it gives you safety but it also imprisons you. Walls of self-preservation are also walls of self-imprisonment. When it protects you, you like it. When it restricts you, you do not like it. That is why we have doors. We like the walls because it's protecting us. But we have doors so that we can open it and get out when we want to. It doesn't matter how nice it is, we still want to go out, isn't it? So that is how it is with every trap that you set. It doesn't matter how nice it is, you still want to go out. So the psychological wall that you have built, which gives you some sense of identity, which gives you some sense of being a person, an individual person, and which gives you security, beginning to experience it like a trap, somewhere you want to break it. So one way of not breaking it is to find a purpose. Those who find a purpose in their life, they become so conceited. They will live within their own trap forever, thinking that they're doing the most fantastic thing. First thing you need is balance. If you have balance, then you can climb. 
If you don't have balance, it's better you stay on the ground, isn't it? I'd like to point out the loving, tolerant Hindus are saying everybody else that thinks they know God is foolish and they're actually vicious, cocooned retards, right? That don't understand the truth. I understand the truth. That guru understands the truth. But you, sad, evil people who, by having a purpose in your life, will go out and slaughter millions or do whatever, um, you are false. He's not as nice as he might go or easy going with the flow as he might seem. And a lot of Hindus in our comments will also say, again, why are you calling out people? You can't judge other religions. We, we are on the offense because we want to rescue you from sin and death. Um, but notice that he and other Hindus are never um, not making a truth claim. And when you make a truth claim, you're saying that other claims to truth are wrong. So he's saying that having a purpose in your life is wrong, except when it's not wrong, but mostly it's wrong. Uh, and that you should break out, that you should. It is, it is good, he says, to break out of the cocoon of, of thinking there's a purpose to life and just embrace not having a purpose to life, which I guess is the purpose to life, breaking out of your cocoon <laughs> and realizing that life has no purpose or whatever else. Um, again, very circular, dumb, a lot like postmodernism where there's no purpose, no meaning, and the meaning is that there's no meaning and therefore it's contradictory. Um, but he's also making a claim to truth um, and therefore he is saying that we are wrong. So look, we're both fighting here. It's not a one-sided fight. Can I give a scriptural verse? Yeah. That we might say uh, about said guru, Second Peter two, eighteen to twenty twenty two says, for while speaking out arrogant words of no value, they entice by fleshly desires, by indecent behavior, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what anyone is overcome by that he is enslaved. Um, and it talks about uh, like the second state is worse than the first and a dog returns to its own vomit um, those things and you say that because this man he's preaching about letting go of material things and yet he's yeah clearly hasn't let go of every material thing and he says there's no purpose and he's out there teaching other people that there's no purpose so clearly he thinks he has a purpose um, so he's <laughs> He's not practicing what he teaches, and he's deceiving people and himself. So you, you see the inconsistency in the teaching because he has taken upon the mantle of a teacher, which is a purpose by mm -hmm. definition, to teach others in Houston, in India, in Hyderabad, wherever he's based nowadays. And uh, he has a foundation to the Isha, uh, Isha, I believe it's pronounced, Isha Foundation. You need to have a purpose to have a foundation. You need right. to have a goal in mind. You need to have a mission. So he has a purpose, but you guys don't have a purpose. It'll be dangerous. I have a mission. That guru has a mission. So we're just pointing out the inconsistencies in this. So not saying, we're not even saying that he is wrong. Yes, we believe he is incorrect in his claims. What we want to show is that in these types of Hindu teachings and yogis and gurus, they don't really follow the same logic all the way throughout. Oh, and if they don't know that they are a false teacher. So if you find it in the comment section, if you know a guru that is consistent, um, please show us. We'd love to react to them and watch them to see if they are. But every false teacher that we've seen is indeed false because they're not consistent. And even when they experience things, um, they need to be consistent with, of course, the truth and not just uh, a man touching a part of the elephant thinking he knows the whole animal. And one more thing. Sorry. It's not safe for somebody who is not balanced to climb high. Yeah, go ahead. I honestly thought you were part of the audience in this video. <laughs> go ahead. Um, well, I was just thinking, he's talking about, uh, obviously, confused himself and confusing others, but there being a purpose, but also no meaning. Um, and that brings me to Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 to 45. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of that man has become worse than, than the first. Um, that is the way it will also be with this evil generation. End quote. So that um, basically he's, oh, I kind of think. 
the Hindu type of meditation and mantras and whatnot, that's a form of basically emptying your mind, sweeping it clean, mm -hmm. but not filling it with anything substantial, anything true, anything logical, so that it, it just leaves you open, basically, for these spiritual experiences and or demons. Right. And it's exactly true. The, the practice of sweeping your mind clean is like cleaning the room for others to occupy. You're not actually living in your own mind. So him saying that having a purpose and thinking in your psychological structure, that that's a trap is really just him saying, clear your mind for others to use. He wants others to use your mind, right? Demons would like to use your mind. And you'll have spiritual experiences, like you just said, Theodore. Um, you may have spiritual experiences when demons enter you, but they don't have your best intent in mind. They intend to use you and harm you, and you will not find salvation. You won't find heaven. You won't find nirvana through that. That is all deception. They mean to deceive you. And so no wonder they tell you to clear your mind because they want to enter your mind and use you. Um, so... All of this is gearing up to help demons, even if Sadhguru doesn't know that um, he is advocating for things that benefit demons. Again, why are we saying this man is mistaken, wrong, deceived? Because his message is not true. He has changed his answer. Mm -hmm. I haven't been keeping track, I assume five times by now for the purpose of life. Yeah. So by the fact, a lovely Hindu audience that he has changed his answer so many times, he cannot be trusted as knowing the truth. Therefore, the answers that he gives, they how you cannot trust those answers because he has changed his answer so much right. already. Just in this one topic, imagine on things like mantra and meditation and whatnot. So and notice you know, Theodore and Sebastian and myself were trying to quote our scripture when we can because our scripture is unchanging. It's words on a page, they don't change. Um, and that's a truth that you can hold to. You can verify yourself at home and go read these passages. Uh, it's not something that we have in our heads that only we know, and we have to express it on live forums where you pay us 50 bucks to come hear us teach. You know, it's, you can get the Bible for free online if you'd like. It's best you stay close to the ground. You should not clamp. So, first thing is to establish a balance. Then you lose in your psychological structure. Then it's a wonderful thing. If you lose in your psychological structure without balance, which a lot of people are doing today, see why does somebody want to drink alcohol or take a drug? Because it loosens your psychological structure and makes you feel liberated for a moment. But without the necessary balance, you have not worked for the balance, but you got freedom. Freedom without balance is destruction, anarchy, isn't it? So first thing is to work for balance. I'd like again to note, I mean, it's not surprising, we've been saying he's inconsistent this whole time, that he's not giving good answers. We all agree that being a drunkard is wrong. We'd quote scripture and show that being a drunkard is wrong. All humanity realizes that drunkardness is evil and hurts society, hurts the person, hurts everybody around them, right? We all agree that that's the truth. So he says, people that uh, you, you want to free yourself from the psychological structure. Again, now he's saying again, there's purposes, there's good things in life, blah, blah, blah. It's against his original premise of there being no purpose to life. But... Um, if you free yourself from your mind in an unbalanced way, whatever that means, it's bad. Like you agreed, Theodore, and Scripture agrees that if you clear your mind of thought, you're foolishness and, and either possessed by demons or just going around doing foolish and evil things. But what is balance? If you don't have a psychological structure anymore, you can't even balance yourself because you're not thinking, right? To be thinking is to be caging yourself again in your psychological structure. Um, so what does balance mean? I think it just means generally like be good, don't be a drunkard, right? Don't take drugs. But uh, those are all like psychological knowledge things. And therefore, again, it's just nonsensical that you'd be able to not think and still make good, wise decisions. An enormous sense of balance where even if you dismantle your psychological structure, you can simply live here. Dismantling your psychological structure is an important process because that is your trap. That is your security, that is your stability. At the same time, that's your trap because the walls are set, you feel secure, but that's also your trap. If you dismantle your trap, you also dismantle your security, isn't it? You also dismantle your sense of purpose. To a certain extent, he's right that you dismantle your security when you clear your mind and you stop thinking. I mean, walls are built for a reason and it's foolish 
to break down walls because then anybody can come and raid you and invade you. And it's the same way. If you break down your psychological structure, if you clear your mind, um, you are letting yourself be invaded by whatever spirits are out there. And you at home believe in spirits. You believe that there are demons out there that are malicious and don't like you. So why would you take down your walls and allow them to attack you? It's foolishness, it's evil, and it hurts people. You also dismantle everything that matters to you. So that will need... It, it's not selfless to dismantle your walls or whatever. He's acting like it, it takes all the self-sacrifice to dismantle your psychological structure, that you need to break down everything. And this is a common Buddhist trope and Hindu trope that you give up everything, a monk trope in Christianity too. You give up everything and you become more pious because you've sacrificed everything you own in, in Christianity and in other religions, in Christianity is a meditate. Supposedly, you sacrifice everything you own to God. And God says, blessed are the poor for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who give what they have to me or to people that I love um, because they'll be rewarded in heaven. That's where the piety, the goodness comes from when you, when you give up things for God. But giving up your sense of self, your, your walls in your mind gain you um, nothing but, of course, death and destruction from those who want to abuse you. But he's saying that if you give up your sense of self, you will gain happiness. But you can't gain happiness if you have given up your sense of self. So once again, inconsistent, bad logic. Need balance. Without balance, if you dismantle, you will go crazy. But don't look... And, and notice the out too. That if you give up, if you dismantle your psychological structure, but you didn't have balance, whatever balance means. If you didn't have balance, if you didn't do it good, um, you'll go crazy. So if you go crazy by following his advice, he'll just say, mm -mm, didn't, didn't have balance, right. didn't, do it, didn't do it right, right? So all the people who have terrible psychological problems from following people like Sadhguru and, and do meditation and astral projection and all the other divination, um, they just didn't do it right. You know, if you do it right, you won't be totally attacked. There's like, a reason, yeah, why Tibetan Buddhism can be considered, you know, some meditation, meditation practices are kept extremely secret because of how dangerous they are for the supposedly the uninitiated. Because yeah. if you do it wrong, you're going to have like 20 demons living inside of you before you even realize it. Right. Look for a purpose, because if you look for a purpose, you're seeking madness. If you find one, you're sure mad. Yes. So if you seek a purpose, you are seeking madness. And if you find a purpose, you've definitely gone mad because there is no purpose to life. But the purpose to life is clearly like being happy or something, not being mad, not being crazy that is because he's saying it's bad to be crazy. So there is some purpose to life underlying that he even admits to. Not to mention the fact that he has a foundation and here he is teaching and all the rest. If you think you found a purpose in life, you still, you for sure gone crazy because only the insane people have purpose. Or <laughs> Spoken by a true insane person. People yeah. who have purpose are insane in many ways. These are things that you create in your mind and believe it's true, isn't it? Right now, fighting for my country is my purpose. Right now, if it's necessary, I will fight. Knowing fully well, it's an unnecessary bloody fight. Yes? then you will fight only to the extent it's necessary. If you think this is your purpose, you would want to destroy the whole world for what nonsense you believe in, isn't it? Okay. I mean, I'm just going to keep saying the same thing because he keeps saying the same thing, but if you don't have a foundation for what's true or not, if you don't have a purpose, how would you ever know when it's necessary to fight? He says that you should have balance and you should only fight when necessary. Well, we all agree with that. Christians agree with that. You should only fight when necessary. Muslims agree with that. Everybody agrees that you should only fight when necessary. The question is, when is it necessary to fight? And he doesn't tell you that. He doesn't even get close to telling you that. He just tells you that some people fight for the wrong reasons and they'll think they're fighting for the good reason when they're really bad. I mean, yeah, we all agree with that. That's not a truth that's uh, enlightening. Um, but he won't tell you what's a good reason to fight. In fact, if you dismantle your psychological structure and stop thinking, you'll never be able to determine when it's a good time to fight or not. And this elusive balance he keeps talking about is clearly just biblical wisdom. Um, and so he reaches into the biblical wisdom and says, oh yeah, let me take that from Christianity, um, but let me remove God and every other foundation for Christianity. So he's trying to use what's good to deceive you into believing what is evil. Whoa, 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 you may be saying, how could he possibly be reaching into Christianity when he is from India and Christianity is either non-existent or tiny? This actually not non-existent, but he is a human being. 
he is made in the image of God. Right. And we do know that God has implanted in every single human a degree of revelation that he is real. Mm-hmm. And we all have very similar desires. We all have a desire for a purpose, as, as even Hindus would realize. The problem is that in Hinduism, they're saying, no, you need to suppress that. Right, and we would say thing. suppress sin, right? So they say it's sin to want a purpose. I mean, they don't really. And grand total, yeah, like many Hindus say sin. you have a purpose. So it's just this particular guy. He's saying it's sin to have a purpose. Um, but if there's sin, there must be the opposite of sin. Mm. And that would be the purpose is to not sin. Something is needed. We'll do it with, with absolute involvement. There's no other purpose. The purpose of life is to live and to live totally. So there's a purpose to life after all. Ah, the purpose of life is to live and to live totally, whatever that means, right? Live totally. Thank you for the ambiguity. Live with balance. Um, So he's, again, utterly contradicted himself even here, like just with words. You don't have to interpret it. He said there's no purpose to life. It's bad to have a purpose to life. In fact, if you have a purpose, you're crazy. Also, the purpose to life (laughs) is to live. Cuckoo. I guess he's a little crazy. Live totally does not mean party every night. To live totally means... Oh, he's going to give us the definition. Before you fall dead, every aspect of life has been explored. Nothing has been left unexplored. You heard it here first, guys. Sadhguru says, there's no purpose to life. Also, the purpose to life is to fully explore everything there has to do with life. So I guess he's like a hedonist. To explore all demons. <laughs> yeah, explore every demon. All sorts of demonic teaching, possessions. Uh, give to other gurus, I guess. Um, experience everything. But then he says... Don't party in life. Like, don't go partying every night. So I guess only party like once in a while because you want to experience everything. But then you won't have experienced everything because you won't know what it's like to party every night. And equally, you won't know what it's like to have a purpose and to like go into jihad or whatever else. So I guess you'll never fulfill your purpose. What a sad, sad existence. With a God who doesn't even know you're there, who's clearly not all powerful, and with knowledge that's derived from your own butt cheeks, uh, stuff you come up with uh, when staring at the newspaper in the morning. Um... It's a very sad existence. Clearly, he's a fake guru. I, I think anybody seeing that can, can see that. Um, anybody listening to him can see that. But don't just think it's only sad guru that's wrong. Um, examine every teacher this way, whether they're Christian or Hindu or Muslim. You have to examine their teachings against the truth, which is God's word, which is logic, all the things that God has created, the actual God. Yes. Before you fall dead, even if you do not explore the cosmos, At least this piece of life, you must know it in its entirety. That much you must do to yourself, isn't it? That's living totally. That you experience the whole of this, all dimensions of what this is. You did not leave anything untouched. You just do that. That will take a long time. That's enough, good enough purpose for you. So he's just saying the purpose of life, I guess, ultimately is to stay busy. Why? why not just kill yourself? Like, there's a lot of questions here. It's kind of this nihilistic, there's no purpose to life and therefore it doesn't actually matter. He's saying you should just keep yourself busy. But, like, why? <laughs> why? <sighs> all right, so that's all you had to touch say. all the parts of the elephant. Yes, you need do to we touch have the any trunk, other comments, gentlemen? I guess we'll let him do his, his final outro. Okay, that's just his final outro. Any other comments, gentlemen? I have a couple, but maybe Theodore, you want to say something? Sure, you want me to read some Ecclesiastes? Please do so. Yeah. All right. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 9 to 14. In addition to being a wise man, sad guru... Oh, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I recant. In addition to being a wise man, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, and he pondered, searched out, and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words and to write words of truth correctly. The words of the wise men are like goads, and masters of these collections are like well-driven nails. They are given by one shepherd. But beyond this, my son, be warned. Warned. The writing of many books is endless, like Hinduism, Mm -hmm. and excessive devotion to books is wearying to the body. The conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to everyone. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Indeed. So if you caught it, Christianity, the truth says that there is endless books people can write. And sometimes we've had Hindus 
pride themselves as the religion of the library because they're always writing new books and new books and new books. And we would say, yes, Christians also write many books. However, the truth can be found in a finite set, that the truth is limited, it is just something, and that something can be found in the scripture, and that ultimately scripture even has one conclusion, and that is fear God, um, as it says in Ecclesiastes. And like we said in the beginning of the episode, most would say fear God uh, can also mean enjoy God and then love him or, and serve him forever. So there you go. Did you have a closing comment, Sebastian? I did, yes, yes. I would say it is a very sad existence to think that there is no purpose to life and also go back and forth with this answer. You know, besides that, besides that mass confusion that was just witnessed here today, it is impossible. If there is no purpose to life to also say what is good and what is evil. And I would say in India, people definitely assert what is good and what is evil. In fact, that is why karma exists. Otherwise, what does it exist? There is good and there is evil. There is a difference between the two. There is a way to get rid of your karma. As a Christian writer once said over a thousand years ago in a Buddhist Eastern environment, we do all have karma. You have this life and this life alone to get rid of that karma. And the catch is you can't do it. Just like this man has made many silly mistakes in the past 30 minutes. How many more mistakes have we made in our lives right we are very clumsy and incompetent people i mean speaking for myself i don't know about you or theater but like, I'm, I'm a very clumsy okay okay i'm a very incompetent man myself and have sinned i have done evil different degrees i haven't murdered anyone of course but i have done evil on, on with my terms i cannot get rid of my karma on my own and if i cannot i am doomed to damnation to hell even hindus believe in hell and buddhists too so what is the answer God himself provides the answer. He knows who you are. He knows who we are. He has full knowledge. He has all of the hairs counted in our, in our head. He has he declared the end from the beginning. What happened in the past? He knows why it happened because he made it happen. What's going to happen in the future? He knows why it's going to happen because he makes it happen. He decrees it. So what do we do with our evil? What do we do with our karma? How are we going to get rid of it if we are not good? If we're confused and perplexed like this man? And many people in India as well. The God gives the answer. This is speaking of of in Christ. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain, and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we're healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. To our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So what does this go? What does this mean? What does this even relate to? We... As humans all over the globe, we desire evil, we plan to do our own actions, we're very strange, we make no sense in our own occasions, just like the man we just we just witnessed. And the solution for our for all the karma, if you want to even call it that way, to make it to put in this in a way that makes sense, is that someone has to take that away from us. You cannot work it out yourself. Christ took upon himself all of our evil deeds and by his wounds we have been made righteous before God. The punishment that was due for us for all the bad, all the evil thing that we have done to other people was put on Christ when he died in, in the outskirts of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Because he was the perfect human, God and man at the same time, he was able to perfectly live uh, I would assume without any karma. I mean, I think that makes sense, right? Without any karma, without acquiring anything upon himself, any evil on him, only doing good. And thus he was able to take the punishment that we deserve for our evil actions upon himself. Mm-hmm. And by believing that and asking him for forgiveness, repenting, saying we're sorry for the evil that we have done and begging him to rescue us and save us, can we have peace? Can we get off of this 
if you want to call it karmic cycle and lack of purpose you don't fade away into into the afterlife or millions of years from now you will either be in the presence of god or you will be forever separated from him in what we call hell so the call of the found cause is not that we're lost but that we've been found by serving our lord and savior jesus christ and we call everyone hindu buddhist muslim roman catholic and all out there to repent and trust in the one who can give you true teaching give you peace give you purpose yahweh lochinu jesus christ amen and uh, just to prove that we are not always perfect, Sebastian's mic has been backwards the whole time. Uh, there you go. That explains many things. Uh, that's why we found our cause in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you, Sebastian, for the good outro. We want to know that we we're trying to spread the actual gospel, not just insulting said guru or Hindu teaching, but also giving you our truth as well, the truth. Uh, if you want to see the rest of our episodes, you can go to foundcause.podv.com or download this on uh, iTunes or Spotify or wherever you find your podcast. We're also on YouTube, of course, and we're on Facebook as well. I've been Michael, the man behind the machine. To my right has been... Sebastian, the bookkeeper. And digitally, way across the way has been... Theodore, under the PC. And let's give big props to Sadguru. Thanks for giving us somebody to punch on our podcast. <laughs> so until next time, we're going to do something completely different. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.